0: YoMTG TAPS is proudly sponsored by CoolstuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. YoMTG TAPS is also sponsored by CardHorder.com, our go-to source for magic online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. Everybody and welcome to another episode of YOMTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco
1: and I'm Big Head Joe.
0: And um, this week smooth it's as all like. Pioneer. What's that?
1: It's <laughs> it. smooth as you like.
0: <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week it's it's all Pioneer, I think. Do we have anything other than Pioneer to talk about? I mean I'll
1: probably throw a thing or two in about Standard or maybe Draft, but mostly Pioneer.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of what we've we've been. N- not only you and I have been kind of playing, but kind of everybody that plays Magic that's interested in you know competitive Magic has been paying attention to Pioneer because we had two huge Pioneer tournaments, not Pro Tours, but. Players' tours, so you know, technically a PT. Uh, uh, over the weekend, we had Brussels and Nagoya, so we're gonna look at the metagame from that and kind of just
1: PT basically. and PT, like Pete and Pete. Uh, that should be the name of the episode, but anyway,
0: <laughs> Pete and Pete. Man, we just have lots of great names for this episode before we've even recorded, so I guess we'll have to uh, see what we end up with at the end.
1: Just put or um, or AKA between every one and just use all of them.
0: I could do that, or just release it with a different title on different platforms. That just would confuse not be Confusing
1: at all? No.
0: Um, so, <laughs> so uh, I guess let's just jump right in. Um, the The big, uh, the big topic of the Pioneer format right now is the uh, the Demir Inverter of Truth deck. It kind yeah. of broke out. Um, first time I heard of it was about a week and a half ago. It was last weekend, so the weekend before Brussels and Nagoya. Someone – I was in like a blue-white chat. Actually, Les Alex, uh, the Control Freak podcast, shout out to Alex, um, uh, has a Discord. And I was in his Discord server on a Pioneer chat room and somebody said, what do we do about the inverter deck? And I'm like, what's that? You know. And Uh-oh. I think a couple people were like, what's that? And nobody answered and I kind of looked it up um, on, on MTG Goldfish and found a list. And it was one list. I was like, find me a deck – that has Inverter of Truth in it and one list came up (laughs) so I'm like "All right, so this is definitely not a known deck you know Uh whatever this is so I kind of took a look at it it was you know blue black control and uh, and playing this Demir or playing this Inverter of Truth combo so if for some reason you haven't heard about it which if you haven't been paying attention over the past like several days you might not have Um, the the Basic construction of this deck is it's a blue-black control deck that has a combo element thrown in with the card Inverter of Truth and Thassa's Oracle and or Jace's Wielder of Mysteries. So kind of like the Lab Maniac combo. If any of you are familiar with Lab Maniac, it's uh, that win condition where if you go to draw a card and there are no cards left in your library, instead of losing, you win. Uh, Inverter of Truth takes your entire library – exiles it. And then whatever was in your graveyard becomes your library. So if you have a very small graveyard or nothing in your graveyard, you're have already, you know, you're already good with uh, not having any cards left in your library. So if you have something like Jace Wielder of Mysteries in play, you win next time you try to draw a card. And, uh, or if you have a Thassa's Oracle in hand and cast it when you have no cards left in your library or technically... Two cards left in your library, right? Um, you can have, you can still have two cards left because when you activate the Oracle, uh, is it, that's how it works, right? Because the, the Oracle so, uh, when lets you can't,
1: when you when it enters the battlefield, uh, you look at the top X cards of your library, where X is your devotion to blue. You put one on top, the rest on the bottom, and then if X is less than or equal mm-hmm. to the number of cards in your library you win the game.
0: Is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your library? Right? X if, is So X, if X Greater being than, two, yes, thank yeah. you, thank you. Greater than so, or equal to. That
1: would, yeah, that would be.
0: <laughs> okay, so so uh, the rest on the, so basically if you have two cards, you put one on the bottom and one on the top and X is greater than or equal to because if you have Thassa's Oracle in play, that's two devotion to blue, so two cards will win you the game. Yes, so you and, don't have to have a completely empty library.
1: Right, and it's, pretty neat that jace adds three devotion to that too so if you're right. running jace you actually have a you know you can do it with even with five cards in your library which is pretty cool but i will say this i had eight card when we were playing just now i had eight yeah. cards left in my library um i cast the the oracle and uh i had five devotion right and I was like, okay, so blah blah blah, and then I was like, oh, well, all I do is just draw the one card, and then ca-. nope, you don't draw the card. <laughs> so right. I was like, then I'll, st- I'll look really foolish having played two oracles and I have eight cards and seven loyal t- or seven uh, devotion. I was like, Ugh. so. Uh, yeah, you need, it doesn't, you don't, you don't draw a card off of yeah. the Oracle is what I'm saying. So I, right. it, I it took me a second, I had to play the the deck to actually realize that I was like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> it's yeah. Neat, so- though. okay, let me tell you something like, so I, you know how it goes these days, a the deck does well. And then everybody talks about banning it. That's what happens. Right. Um, I'm I'm guilty of it. I was like, yeah, they should ban Inverter of Truth. But let me tell you something, Joey. I love this deck. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love this deck. I love like weird. You know, I love weird wind conditions. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I love that. Um, I love this. Um, I think this is really strange, and it's just it's different. I don't know something about it. I really like it. Uh, Playing the deck felt really good. Um, it feels really strong. There are like more avenues to winning than you think, mm-hmm. you know, but it has one major weak spot, which is if you figure out a way to get rid of inverter of truth before it hits the battlefield, there are probably not winning at all. Um.
0: I mean you've got to go to plan plan B at that point, which I, I saw that happen on camera for one of the I can't remember if it was Nagoya or Brussels. I want to say it was probably Brussels because that's the event I saw the most coverage of, but yeah. mono black mono black agro in uh, resolved Um, is it infinite obliteration? Or no, Lost Legacy. Similar concept where you basically name a card and get rid of it out of the opposing deck. So they dealt with Inverter that way, and I was like, okay, let's see what happens. And the Inverter deck played Kalitas and won the game because Kalitas is a house. Yeah, it's also down. a magic card. But Fair yeah, enough.
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, you got sometimes you gotta do that. But yeah, I mean, uh, but if you have a way to deal with invert, I mean, like yeah, again, Lost Legacy. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I ordered a play set of Lost Legacies, another play set of foil Lost Legacies, um, a play set of the in Obliteration or whatever, a play set of <laughs> Slaughter. Uh, uh, slaughter games yeah. and uh, play set of Despises this weekend uh, in anticipation of having to play this deck. <laughs> so um, the play set of Foil Lost Legacies was just honestly like a hashtag MTG finance thing. I was like, probably. You know, I don't know. It um, didn't seem
0: like a terrible idea. I mean, if, if people are going to be playing it, then it's going to seem more. You know, a value increase that's kind of just obvious uh, supply and demand stuff. So Mm -hmm. you're likely to be able to turn those around to get a little more value out of them, at least a little more. Um, So, you know, good call. Um, Yeah. And
1: and, uh, another thing is we are likely to get a little more value out of them because, you know, I was kind of like, oh, they're probably going to ban something on Monday. Nope, they didn't. They didn't ban anything. So nothing's getting banned. We're going to have these decks. uh, There's another deck to talk about, too. But we're going to have. All of the decks that seem kind of odd and, I don't know, weird for Pioneer, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, we're going to see them next weekend in Phoenix, too. So right. uh, they're not going anywhere. So, yeah, probably not yes. a bad investment since they didn't actually ban anything. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah, at least for the next for the next week, right? right. <laughs> I mean, right. for the next six days. It's Tuesday, Fully. so. Um, so the the other thing about this deck, or at least what a lot of people are comparing it to, of course, is Splinter Twin, Um Basically, any two-card combo that wins the game gets the name Splinter Twin now, uh, which I understand the, the comparison, because if you have Inverter into Thassa's Oracle, it's a lot like a Splinter Twin kind of thing. But the thing about this is it's all sorcery speed. You're not casting anything, you know, end of turn Pester Might on turn three, play a land, play Splinter Twin on turn four, and win the game. That's not how it works. Um, you have to... Resolve two sorcery speed spells on your turn. If you want to win on the same turn, you have to have a lot of setup uh, and you need six mana, right? So, like, oh, oh no, a deck that wins on turn six. Like, (laughs) is is that a problem? You know, like, you you really need to set things up. Now, it's a really powerful deck. I'm certainly not uh, saying that it's not powerful, and I'm also not saying that it's not possible for it to be affected by. Some sort of banning at some point, um, but it, you know, I think we all need to kind of take a take a breath and say, "Hold on, let's let's see what happens." This deck has been a known quantity for like a week. Um, the, the person who popularized it, by the way, Canister, uh, took the list. I guess some people must have been it must have gotten some buzz, but the person who really put it out there was Canister. Took a list, built the Demir version, that um, that I believe he played. Well, I know he played Demir. I don't know how close his original version was to the version he took to uh, to Brussels, but he came in second place at Brussels with this deck. So, um, you know, no secrets. He just put his deck out there and said, "This is this is what I'm playing." You know, I'm not trying to surprise anybody here's what I'm playing and and you know you see how good of a player he is he uh secrecy not an important part of his game um, so that's that's pretty impressive um, but yeah the the deck to me there's two ways you can go like you can kind of look at it and say this deck can only get better because hey we're in the early days of it. It's already solid at this point. Can you imagine how it looks after being iterated on by hundreds, thousands of players over the course of the next few weeks? Um, or you can look at it and say the format can adjust to it somehow and the deck might be knocked back down to you know tier 1.5 or something like that. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see where, where things go from here. It seems like the best... The decks that have the best matchups against it are decks that can apply a lot of pressure. Um, now, you've only played, what, that one match with this deck so far, right, Joe? I
1: played I played against it once, and I played, I, I mean, uh, like, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played against you that one match. Yeah, that's it.
0: Okay, so you were playing piloting the deck. So right, right. you've played one match piloting the deck. That was just this morning. I've yet to pilot it myself. Um, but you, uh, what was your... Feeling so. I was playing mono black aggro, so I was trying to be the deck that has a lot of pressure plus disruption, which feels to me like the recipe to to beat this deck. Spoilers: I didn't. I lost, (laughs) but I, you know, I didn't have enough pressure or disruption. You know, Joe was able to to handle it. So, you know, that's extremely as small of a sample size as you can possibly get (laughs) one match. But I I think
1: well, first of all, I think Digger's Cage gets way better after this weekend, like. Um, because Graft Digger's Cage not only um, stops the uh, the Underworld Breach deck. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what is it called? Is that what it's called? Underworld, yep, Underworld Breach. Breach. Okay. Yep. Not only does it like stop that deck dead in its tracks, mm-hmm. uh, but it also has really good play against Mono Black, which I was just like, wow. I was I don't know. I was just surprised uh, at how good that card was against an aggro deck it just didn't seem right right (laughs) but uh all those creatures in mono black are depending on being able to come back after a board wipe and uh, yeah
0: and that's the big thing with mono black like that's the huge strength of it it's not just like hey here's a bunch of one and two drops that attack um like mono red has you know it's like you deal with these, but you better exile them because right. otherwise they're they're going to be able to come back. So it's a lot of card advantage built in. You're like, you know, yeah, I have a, a two one. You deal with it. I still have that same two one. I'm getting it out of the graveyard. You know, I, I draw that card out of the graveyard essentially. So the the thing with the list that I was playing, um, I haven't done a like intense comparison between the nuances of the different mono blacklists but the so the, the cards that you shut off when you played graph cage were blood Soaked champion and um scrap heap scrounger right and the, the card that you didn't shut off was gutter bones because that goes right. back to my hand right but i never really had a window where that seemed like the better play like i always had something better to do on my turn so that to me i was like okay well i know the gutter bones is an option if i need it but uh but i had other other things going on um still didn't win the game but i don't think a, a gutter bones <laughs> would have would have helped me too much right right <laughs> but yeah, yeah well, cage was was making it really difficult
1: it was and i was just surprised at how good that was um but also the one thing i noticed was that um i had uh jace out because i had a, a surplus of jace's jace, uh i almost called you jace um <laughs> joey uh so the thoughts or what was Duress, that card called? No, it wasn't. It was, oh, uh, oh, it was
0: Agonizing Memories, I think? That
1: one, yeah. He Agonizing Memories me, and I was like, you got a tough choice. It was Jace or Jace, and I had a Jace out. So I was like, okay. Um, but what I realized was I should have been, once I stuck that cage, I should have been milling you every turn, because then when I finally got to my inverter, I still had 16 cards in my library because I kept yeah. milling myself. And I was like, wait a minute, hold up. That's not what's supposed to happen here, and like, of course, like you—you you took a dig through time. Maybe that game—I don't know if it was that game or not.
0: I think it was the I, previous game. No, that was
1: the previous game, but then, I, but I had dig through time in my graveyard, so I wasn't drawing dig through time. So filling my graveyard wasn't doing anything for me other than making it harder to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay. So if I stick this cage, then I can just go to town on uh, on your library until um, until I can get an inverter, and then. use the jace to start milling yourself
0: yeah and Um, also like you still get to draw a card it's not like the person who gets milled gets to draw a card so you're like you know two cards in my graveyard and you draw a card that was the problem for me was i'm like you've got this jace there you've got another two jaces in hand well one that card is called agonizing remorse by the way not agonizing Ah. memories it's a different magic card um but yeah whatever it's it's take a non non non-land card for two mana and uh you can also exile a card from someone's graveyard so it's either their oh, hand or their right. graveyard. Is, you
1: can do graveyard too i forgot about that
0: yeah that's so cool. i you know I, I boarded it in assuming that i just want a lot of disruption for your hand so i boarded out you know all the all the removal other than murderous rider um so you know no fatal push no grasp of darkness um and i boarded in a bunch of like duress and agonizing remorse figuring that was useful but um you know, so you had the Jace, that's where I'm get, getting back to that. Um, you had a backup Jace in your hand, so I'm like, there's no reason I should kill this Jace. I just need to keep it off of ultimate, you know, like, right. uh, because that's just going to, even if you don't win the game on the spot, you're drawing seven cards. <laughs> so I'm like, this is the problem. You just keep drawing cards. I'm like, well, if he's going to draw seven cards off Jace, I'd rather it be one card a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so. Exactly. So, I was just trying to uh, keep you off of off of that and um, and also you know pressure your life total as much as possible, but you just had answers for everything every time I uh, even got a couple of creatures on board uh, you had like languish or or whatever so it just wasn't happening but again small sample size I do think that these aggressive decks are the best option for people to if you want to go like basically get under the uh, the inverter deck just to put enough pressure on so the game I won because it was it was 2-1 I did win a game I was just like uh, I had one I kept a one lander but I had two one drops in my hand so I'm like I'm gonna try it you know <laughs> I've got a couple couple turns to um, to draw my second land and let me just go and try this and I did you know I you apparently got flooded that game but it was it was all those one drops just putting on so much pressure that I think even if you hadn't scooped, because I think you, you conceded a little early, but uh, I think you were dead within two turns or something. Um, so it was it was like the one drops. It was that aggression that made the difference and I think I duressed you. That's what it was. I, I duressed you or thoughts seized you and I took your dig through time and yes. that it was like you had dig, jace, and lands or something and I was like, something, okay. Or yeah, well, you I might was... have had oracle or something, so maybe ah, whatever. Um, Not the, enough to win. Yeah, it was not enough to win. So I took your dig and kept you from, um, from being able to stabilize and won. So I, that's what I think is the best plan against this deck. And the, the red decks, the very aggressive red decks, are also I think potential. But they don't have the they don't have the hand disruption, which I think is a point in mono black's favor. Um, but I still think they have they might have even more pressure. So maybe it's like, you know, fine. This instead of stealing something from your hand. I'm doing the last few points of damage to you instead with a with a shock or something right a wild slash or lightning strike. So um it is certainly uh something that that can be beaten with those aggressive strategies but I think mid-range decks are just not I I don't know that they can beat inverter decks. Like I I don't know. We're going to have to see some innovation for anything mid-range to be able to beat these decks because all the inverter deck needs to do is just like Survive for a little bit of time, and if nobody, nobody strips the like the inverter from their from their deck with something like Lost Legacy or something, um, you're eventually you're going to find it and resolve it. You know you're going to cast your Thoughtseize to make sure the coast is clear and then win the game. So yeah, and the six six flyer isn't bad either.
1: No, because that's what I realized. I was like, I have 16 cards in my library. I was like, oh, but I can beat down with this. I mean, of course, Joey had a removal spell for it. But, you know, if he didn't, it was a three-turn clock. Right. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, well, uh, that's that's another way to win, I guess. It is still 6-6.
0: Yeah, Um, and it was off the top, by the way. I was like, I just need, like, the only thing I can deal with this is, like, a swift end. And I drew swift end. I had no cards in my hand. (laughs) Nice. So I was like, all right, I drew it. Now what do I do? Uh, So I sat there making sure that that was the best the, the timing of it, but it d- didn 't matter. I still lost that game um, so moving on from uh sp- the specifics of of this deck, it looks like it was also the most popular deck of the weekend um, i've got stats here out of the one hundred and ninety three players at Nagoya, nineteen percent registered inverter of truth, and twelve uh, percent of the players at brussels um were played inverter and i think uh the second it it seemed like the top three in both or at least the top two were inverter and mono black aggro so i guess it's fitting that joe and i were playing that matchup this morning um Mono Black Aggro had kind of a, a similar percentage to the metagame in both Nagoya and Brussels at like 13%. Um, so this is, this is according to Hipsters of the Coast, which if you don't know too much, like Hipsters of the Coast is like another magic website that you may have heard of, you may not have, but sign up for their mailing list because it's really the only magic mailing list that I subscribe to, but I really like the, um, the content. This is, just, of course, off topic, shout out to Hipsters of the Coast, but um, they send out like a kind of like a weekly newsletter thing, and it's got some great information in it. Just in that uh, in that little newsletter format, so I just highly recommend it. Um,
1: cool, maybe I will.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was going to say I don't think you have it, but this is where this this quote on our I have it in our show notes. Um, I just copy pasted it right out of their newsletter, um, so it was good good information. Um, but yeah it's a it's one of the more popular decks because it's kind of new and strong and I think a lot of good players are playing um are thinking you know this is a deck where they can leverage their skill as well um but I do think it's a beatable deck right now um i think i know I know we kind of talked about this a little bit in our discord chat shout out to our patrons in the discord uh i think if they ban something i'm almost thinking dig through time might be the card that they should hit because the thing about dig through time even though i love playing it myself and i'm kind of loath to say i want to uh see it gone from the format is it's completely fair in like the control decks in the in like blue white control like it's it's fine it's a card advantage spell um a great card selection tool. I'm not saying it's not powerful. It is. But that's not where it's the problem. The problem is in these kind of combo decks where you can find the combo pieces. You dig seven deep and find the combo pieces uh, so easily. It just makes it too... makes these combos too consistent. And so I'm thinking that 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 might be the first card that they hit. I'm sure it's already, you know, kind of at the top of the watch list for, for being banned in Pioneer. And so... Uh, and wizards, I think, likes to have like decks still stick around while just weakening them. You know, not just completely destroying them. They, if they ban Inverter, this deck is gone. Obviously, nobody's playing this deck. Right. It's going to have to go completely in a completely different direction to if you want to win with Thassa's Oracle and Jace Wielder of Mysteries.
1: You um, make me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> because here's the thing. Look, I agree with you. I think that I think that Dig Through Time is a really powerful card and probably shouldn't be in this format. But I love the logic of. I mean, my innocent deck that draws seven off of the thing is fine. Like, it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It it just made me laugh. Like. No, it's not. The card's unfair. The card's busted. Like, it's not any better for your deck. Your combo piece is Teferi plus patience. You know what I mean? Like if it digs you to a Teferi to win the game seven deep in your library, that's just the same thing as draw as digging for an inverter. Um but I, I love I just love it. I don't know, it just makes me laugh. Um like, oh yeah, no, it's fine again. It's fine for my deck, but
0: for well, the I'm not the deck, only one who like, says that either. It's I
1: unfair. Mean, I, no, no, I'm not saying you personally. I'm saying, look, I'm just further digging into my theory that w- our opinions are based on our own self-interest, and I'm not, course, I'm not yeah. dissing you. I'm not dissing you at all. It just cracks me up, and I just, I just love like the fact how of how I feel like I've just. I seen through the matrix or something. You know what I mean? Well, like
0: I guess my other well, the point in my favor with this is that Wizards clearly thinks it's fine in blue-white control decks because blue-white control is not a brand new deck, and they were like, "This is fine in blue-white." Since end of October when they announced Pioneer, all the way now till beginning of February, we've had dig through time in blue-white control. There's not been a time when that hasn't been available, and Wizards oh, yeah, is no, fine I, with it. So they're like, "Hey, it's fine in this deck. Let's make sure, I, I, <laughs> you know."
1: No, I know I agree with you, I, but I think that the problem is once it starts becoming the cornerstone of like every deck. This is just like um copter
0: mm-hmm. in this
1: format was like every like every deck started out like every aggressive deck started out with 4x copter and then you know and then <clears throat> other slots. You know what I mean? Like if all the like combo decks and control decks are starting out 4x dig, although some of them don't run four whole copies, um you know, then obviously, then that is becoming the card that's enabling like half the format, and, you know, maybe you make a change there. Um, but I don't know. I, I, apparently, yeah, again, apparently they, they want these decks around because they didn't do anything to, uh, yesterday. Well, it's, and I'm it's, cool I with that. I think it's too early,
0: too. That's another that's uh, you know, thing. We've had one weekend, really, of of results. So kind of feel like Wizards is giving us a chance to really see what, you know, what the format can do to it. They do have, we have, um, Players Tour Phoenix coming up this weekend, so I think that's going to be the real test for this yeah. this deck. And really, like, let's see. Everybody knows about it, so it's going to get hard targeted. And if it <clears> still shows up in high numbers and has uh, a great success, and people really can't beat it, then you know, let's see what we're talking about a week from now, or maybe even two weeks from now. You know, maybe they give us a little more time. I, I don't. I don't think they're yeah. going to be just quick to to ban something like this well, quickly
1: to be completely honest i didn't even realize that there was a new uh there, there was another player's tour coming up this weekend you know what i mean like i in mm-hmm. my brain i was like okay well this was the player's tour weekend and you know this is the results not okay and but it, it makes a lot of sense to not do anything this week it's like okay you see where the format's at there are a couple decks that have popped up next weekend is another players tour you know what i mean and right. we'll see how they respond to it on that level it's not it's an instant instant data on the highest level in the highest level of play which right. i think is cool you know what i mean like i think like knowing that which i honestly again i honestly just didn't realize there was a third players tour coming up next this weekend you know knowing that it makes a lot of sense to not ban anything, and then go. Okay, how do the top players in the world respond to it? You know, the following weekend, right. we get that instant data, and I think that's really good. And uh, yeah, and if then, and they will respond to it. It's not like they're going to go, "What inverter of truth? How dare you?" You know what I mean? Like they know <laughs> at, at this point. It's like it's like obvious, you know. So. Um,
0: they also get all the data from a uh, you know a week to ten days worth of MTGO sure. leagues and, and tournaments, yeah. mm-hmm. and they've also got uh, the data from uh, SCG Richmond. Right, I think it was they were just in Richmond this past weekend. It was a team tournament, so it was standard, pioneer, and modern. But um, I, I haven't looked deep at those results, and of course, team tournaments have kind of skewed data because the standard and modern players could win every match, and the the pioneer player playing inverter could have lost every match but it doesn't matter because they end up you know winning the entire event because the other two uh players carry the carry the team so you can have skewed data from that but just as another source of okay how how many players are playing this deck how what are the records i'm sure they've got somebody looking much more closely at at the results of the pioneer seat in richmond so um they've got that as another high level event um right So I I don't know. I think it's definitely wise that they didn't do anything yesterday. And I think next Monday will be the day where I'm going. And I'm curious how how we're all going to feel like next Sunday night, Monday morning. Are people going to be more convinced that something needs to be banned or are people going to be more convinced that, hey, maybe this is okay for the format?
1: Only one Um, way to find out. See what the results look like. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and, and here, just a last note on specifically Inverter and, and Thassa, or Thassa's Oracle. Um, oh, man, I, I can't remember the name of the player, and I should have put it in front of me. And I think I'll, if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, somebody played basically Mono Blue Devotion in Nagoya. Uh, splashing Black for Inverter of Truths. And of course, right. Thassa's Oracle's in the deck. And I'm like, this deck looks so cool because it, it <laughs> it's like... Pressure plus that combo, right? So you're, you've got this mono blue devotion deck with, um, Nykthos and you know that kind of element to it, where you're putting a ton of devotion permanence onto the board, and you've got that game plan. And then out of nowhere, you're like, "Oh yeah, tap my Drowned Catacombs and and." Uh, <laughs> and watery grave and two islands and uh here here's inverter of truth and your opponent's like what right like <laughs> now i have to deal with a six six and also you you know cast thassa's oracle and win the game that way i don't know I th- it was another way of looking at it of of this combo because really the combo is inverter and thassa jace helps out too as kind of like the the uh supporting cast there But the rest of the deck really is sort of up to you. Um, You can put it in an aggressive shell or more of a mid-rangey devotion shell like this, or you can put it in the blue-black control shell, which is the one that is doing the most damage in terms of the the combo.
1: I think Um, that's the one. I mean, like, because I looked at that other, because I was like, I'm definitely going to play him with with some sort of inverter deck because, mm -hmm. you know, I just felt like it was relevant. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was interested to see it from the other side. Uh, But I was like, Looking at because I looked at the Nagoya results mm. and that's what I was um, interested in in pulling my list from and, and I saw the one with the Devotion shell and I saw the one with the blue black and I was like nah you know what you really need that disruption too you know like you really yeah. do need although admittedly I boarded out my thought seasons against you just because they're not great against aggro and thought seasons aren't great against like scrap Heap, scrounger but anyway um <laughs> so uh yeah. I like. I think that the other deck is way better. Um, mm. I like the fact that there is a mono blue devotion deck popping up, and that one even had um, what do you call it in it, um, Nickthos, which I was like, okay, okay, yeah, I can see, I can see that. in Gadwick, Gadwick, and Nickthos. All right, we're, I mean, we're cooking with gas. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But and um, you know, down here in Texas, we prefer the propane. But um,
0: <laughs> I don't even know what you mean. <laughs>
1: Uh, King of the Hill. Anyway, yeah. oh yes, yeah, watch more TV. Um, it's
0: a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but no, I think I think that the 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 blue black is really where that deck wants to be. I think that the mono blue devotion deck was a cool cool attempt, <laughs> but I think blue black control with the disruption and counter magic is really where you want to be.
0: I, I think so too. But uh, but I thought it was really cool to. To see it from a different angle or just just to include it in another kind of strategy. Yeah. Oh, um, for sure. And, and one more thing to point out, the something I was thinking about. I'm like, okay, how difficult is this deck to beat? And I thought, well, Blue-Black Control was not really a deck in the format. Like, it, I mean, I'm sure people were playing it, but it was not a popular deck. It wasn't having success. Like, if you wanted to play Control in Pioneer, you're playing Blue-White, in most cases, you may play Esper, but uh, you know that may have less of a metagame share than Blue Black. Um, you know, I, it's not like I never saw it, but I think I may have seen it once. Like somebody playing Blue Black Control with like a bunch of Dragon Lord Sylumgar, which was cool, right? Like you're going to steal my best permanent with your Dragon Lord, <laughs> you know? Like that, that was cool. But it really wasn't a strong deck. Now you throw Inverter and Thassa's Oracle in there, and you say, okay, well now you've got a really uh, powerful way to win. And that makes the deck super powerful, but really at its heart, it's a blue black control deck. And that's a that I guess has been a beatable deck in Pioneer. So I, I don't know. This is kind of a way I was thinking about it earlier where you know, blue black control wasn't necessarily s- strong. So maybe this deck is not the powerhouse like it that it seems just because it has that combo and it doesn't make it suddenly a completely different deck, you know. I mean, take out the Inverter, take out the, the Thassa's Oracle, and I guess take out the Jace, and what's what's in those slots? Like, a couple other win conditions, right? It's still the, it's the same deck otherwise. Um, so, just just a thought. Yeah. Um, one of the other deck... Oh, I know what I was going to say. Another. We talked about how aggro decks could beat it. If you want to see how a blue-white control deck... Might beat this deck. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna link it in the show notes. But Skura, who I've mentioned repeatedly over the last few episodes, uh, Islands in Front on Twitter, Philip Skornicky is his name, um, has been playing this blue white thirst deck, and it's it's kind of uh, it's his design, and it's a it's a blue white control deck in Pioneer based around thirst for meaning, and I've been playing it, and I love it. This is like the blue white deck that I've been playing most, and I I love kind of the idea behind it. You get Thirst for Meaning. You get Omen of the Sea. Uh, you play cards like Seal Away, which is great removal already in the format, uh, but you play four copies because you have Thirst for Meaning in the deck. Um, you have a couple copies of Silk Wrap, uh, and then you, you know you play multiple copies of Cast Out because before a lot of the blue-white decks played maybe one to two, to two copies. Now you play three because, hey, it's an enchantment. You can discard to Thirst for Meaning. Um, yep. So, I mean, it's not a huge departure from blue-white control... On the whole, but for Pioneer, like, it's shifted in this direction towards playing more enchantment-based removal and and way, basically everything at instant speed. So, like, looking at this deck, I've got it in front of me, and I'll link it in the show notes. Silk Wrap is sorcery speed. Um, two copies of Teferi Time Raveler, which are in the flex slots, believe it or not. Those are not the, like, core of the deck, but he is playing two copies of it now. Um in the deck, but he wasn't at first. I think he had cut it to try to play something that was more instant speed. He was playing the the White Omen, Omen of the Sun, uh, but he cut that. That was, again, a flex slot. I think it was kind of like, let's see how this does. But uh, yeah, so you get two copies of Silk Wrap, two copies of Teferi Time Raveler, um, three copies of Teferi Hero of Dominaria, and that's it. That's the on- Those are the only sorcery speed spells in deck. Oh, Supreme Verdict. Sorry, forget about that one. Uh, those are the only sorcery sp- speed cards in the deck. Everything else is instant speed. You get Omen of the Sea, you get Seal Away, you get Counter Spells, you get your removal spells in uh, in Seal Away and, and Cast Out and Settle the Wreckage. Like, all all this stuff uh, it's, can always play during your opponent's turn. And it's great when you're able to, like, for five mana, so, you, you know, you've got five and leave up counter magic and end of turn they don't do anything so you flash in omen of the sea scry draw a card then use the other three to crack the omen so you know there's like always something to do with your mana and it's such a fun deck uh it has dream dream trawler in the sideboard which has become like a staple for blue white and pioneer now which i love um if you're interested at all in playing Blue White Control, I know I've said this in the past about Skura's deck, but I am <laughs> I'm a disciple of Skura, I guess, especially for Pioneer, and I loved his build <coughs> pre-Theros, and I love this new direction of the deck. Um and he uh he was in the, the one of the deck dumps from um MTGO because he 5 would a couple of leagues with it. So it's a deck. Uh, I don't know how many people are playing it, but I know he is and he's putting video content out there, so I'll I'll link that in the show notes. He plays against the Inverter deck in a league and his um his game plan essentially is they may have all this hand disruption, but so much other than dig through time, there's not a lot of card advantage in that deck. Um right. It's a lot of one for one. And so he was like that's fine. We have more card advantage. We're going to outcard them. And you watch, and he does and wins, wins the match. He wins 2-1, but he loses game one because, of course, that's the, the uh, game where he, his deck is just not as set up to, to deal with it. He's got so many dead cards, you know, the seal away and the silk wrap, all things like that. So um, he's uh, he's able to win both games two and three. And I'm sure it's not an easy matchup. I'm not saying, like, oh, hey, play this. You'll beat it. it but it is a way that you can beat the inverter deck with blue-white control. And I think uh, I think it's absolutely worth watching. Uh, watching the video to see how Skura does it. So, yeah. Um, how about you, what, what have you, have you been playing anything other than, uh, well, I know you played the Inverter deck this morning. What were you playing last week? You said you played against the Inverter deck.
1: Um, yeah, I was playing, uh, what was I even playing? I think it was some sort of uh, Rakdos, because I, so I, I like the chunky red deck, and I, this is next on the list here. Um, but I was playing some different versions of the, uh, Chunky Red deck, um, and a lot of them, I think at least two of the three, uh, splashed black, and I actually really like that. Like, I'm really, like, interested in the, the red-black, uh, like, the Chunky Rakdos is kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I'm trying to find these lists, but, uh...
0: Yeah, chunky red was the deck. If you you know you go back two weeks to our last episode, that was the deck that I was having the most fun with, the most success with, and I still really like red right now. Uh, but these mid range bigger decks are getting eaten up because of decks like Niv to Light. Uh, that Niv deck is just the mid range deck of all mid range decks. Like it leans more control, but um, but really that deck I think is just eating a lot, eating the chunky red decks alive. So I. I as more and more Niv decks show up, the the chunky red decks fall out of favor, and I think uh, Demir Inverter makes it even worse. So like you're just too slow. You're given given those decks too much time to set up, and it's not uh, it's not the same format it was a few weeks ago. And so Chonky red right now needs to slim down. And I think the quote that uh, <laughs> somebody on coverage said scrawny red. So I'm like okay, I like it scrawny red. And um, actually we had somebody. Uh, what was his name of course i i don't know it off the top of my head but the uh he made top eight i'm, I'm gonna find it right now made top eight with a mono red aggro jose lopez. oh this last one yeah
1: sorry uh i got it here
0: yeah of course my uh
1: jj rodriguez lopez
0: okay yeah so that deck um it's just like mono red aggro and uh it's A version of red that i think that's the direction these red decks need to go in and i think everybody kind of agrees it it needs to slim down and be able to be a lot more aggressive and less uh glory bringer centric but you do see uh cards like torbran still in the deck because that deck that card is super aggressive that has to be the top end but being able to you know lead with a bunch of one drops uh and then just follow it up with a torbran you're like yeah, it's a it's a four mana card in a, a really aggressive red deck, but it makes all my other cheap creatures into game ending threats. You know, um, right? So uh, I really like that. That's kind of like you can call it. I think I wrote it here as the evolution of Chonky red. It's not really an evolution. It's just kind of like you need to you need to slim down. If you want to play aggressive red decks, you need to, or if you want to play red, you you need to go in a more aggressive uh, direction right now but i think that's kind of the beauty of of playing a deck like chonky red was that it can it, it's not so chonky anymore with you've cut the glory bringers and you cut some number of Chandra's and no embercleave and um although embercleave usually costs only two mana if you if you you know <laughs> if it works out right but you know you cut cards like goblin rabblemaster and uh because this format just has too many too many blockers for all those 11s and um it's just not as good anymore but you play cards like abbot of carol keep and uh and idol of the great revel is now seeing more play and you're seeing the the red decks playing not only Soulscar mage but you're seeing monastery swiss spear on turn one and Bowmat courier so you know let me tell you go ahead
1: idol of the great revel seems pretty good against underworld breach as well
0: yeah that's a deck we haven't we haven't talked about i know you you mentioned it and um did you have something you wanted to to talk about it because you just you know you kind of mentioned it but
1: (laughs) it's It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's busted. Right. Um, I think, like, you know, I think Field of Ruin is a good deal with that. Um,
0: I I mean, you can't uh, hit Lotus Field because it's hexproof.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it's hexproof? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's that's kind are of what's crazy about it. Well, I mean, you are you are sacrificing two other lands.
1: I don't care.
0: Hexproof enters the battlefield tapped, and Ugh. you sacrifice two lands. So, yeah, Field of Ruin is only good against Thespian Stage before they've been able to copy the Lotus Field. Like that's where Field of Ruin does oh my god do something because
1: Jesus
0: <laughs> because they play something like Thespian Stage, and you're like, you know, they obviously intend to copy Lotus Field with it. So if you can. Get that you know you have a window to hit it before it becomes a lotus field. Uh, Thespian stage is a land wow. that copies another land, becomes a copy of. I didn't even realize
1: land. that I haven't played against the deck yet.
0: Yeah, no. The first thing you think of it, you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just destroy their lotus field, easy peasy. And you're like, all right, this
1: is a new I this is the new field of the dead problem. It's time to <laughs> time to deal with it. Time to deal with it. I don't care about percentages. Stop
0: printing fields unless they Stop. destroy other lands. Right. <laughs> like, Well, we do have, what's that card? The Shadow Spear, is that right?
1: Shadow Spear, yeah.
0: It probably, you know, it makes uh, Permanence lose Hexproof. At least, I hope it says Permanence. I'm, like, questioning myself now. I almost
1: guarantee it doesn't because
0: we want it to. Shadow Spear, let's bring it Uh, up I did it. Uh, okay, permanence, your opponent's control, lose Hexproof. Yeah. yeah, I, I was so pretty they, sure that was right, but I did start to doubt myself because, of course, it would say something like creatures or something, and you'd go, great, that's right. still not helpful.
1: Non-creature enchantments. You, what? <laughs> Shut up.
0: Yeah, so, uh, no, I think Shadow Spear actually is is good because it loses mm. lose Hexproof and Indestructible. That is actually good against... Non or against creature enchantments that are gods. That's kind of where I was going That's with that. True, but it's good too, against yeah. the, the, the <laughs> indestructible gods. That's kind of where I was headed there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Lotus field is is a deck that, uh, to me, before this inverter deck, kind of took the center stage. I was a little uh, that was kind of the top of my list as far as a deck that is annoying to play against. And I don't know if it was too powerful. This is pre Theros.
1: this is before Underworld Breach. I think, dude, I'm gonna say it. I think they should ban Underworld Breach.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, you're not, you can't be the only person saying that. I think right now, Inverter is taking the spotlight, and so nobody's thinking about Underworld Breach the way they are about Inverter. But um, but I, I really, I mean, that card right away, as soon as everybody saw it, has to be thinking, mm. oh, this card's very highly likely to be banned, just like once upon a time. I thought it was
1: going to be banned day one, so, you know, um, but of course not. Uh, again, Graft Digger's Cage is really good against this because it says you can't cast spells from the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, uh, Lost Legacy seems pretty good against this. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there 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 are ways to deal with it. I really feel good about getting those copies of Lost Legacy when I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that seems pretty good. Uh, and that's, and that's the thing. Like so Demir Inverter, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what do they call the the Lotus Field deck? What is it called?
0: Lotus Breach because it's Lotus, Lotus, Lotus Breach, Field on the World right? Breach. Yeah.
1: Lotus Breach. Demir Inverter. So guess what? If you target the thing like that is in the name of the deck, you might have a chance to win. <laughs> right? I <laughs> sure. mean like so <laughs> if you take away inverter, then they just have demir. If you take away the breach, they just have lotus field. So yeah, lost legacy seems good. Uh, slaughter games not as good cuz it costs 4.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing right now while you're But you can't w-
1: counter it. You know? Yeah. So so they could stick for instance with slaughter games. So if they stuck an inverter and then they did the thing, uh then you could slaughter games and target the other piece. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like which isn't that bad. Uh but you gotta remember that it costs four. It's a lot. Um
0: Yeah, and you're still facing a six six flyer.
1: You are. <laughs> you and that's kind of sure the
0: thing like and I know this is a pattern with really any card over the course of Magic, right? You want to break the symmetry or, you know, you want to basically make the drawback work for you, right? You, the right. whole madness mechanic is like, oh, when you discard something, you get a benefit rather than uh, it being a bad thing, right? So you're putting cards in your deck where you're like, let me discard, you know? Um, you're trying to break that. You're, you're trying to find the ways that that can benefit you and the inverter of truth deck is essentially saying this is the way to break inverter of truth if we can find a card that lets us win the game when we have no library it'll pair perfectly with this 6-6 six, six flyer right so then we have a 6-6 six, six flyer and another win condition and that's essentially what we have here so um when wizards designed inverter of truth however many years ago you know seven years ago or something whenever the design was being submitted of course somebody's like all right. Look, we've got a four mana six six flyer. Okay, what's the drawback? Well, you have to win quickly because you're all you have. You know, it, it shrinks your entire library to this, whatever the size of your graveyard was. Um, sounds like a fair drawback, right? <laughs> like, but now it's not a drawback. So, so right. you you know, it's uh, it's a powerful card. Um, and I think the Lotus Breach decks. Yeah, without Underworld Breach, they were really annoying to play against. I mean, and it is just me. I thought they were annoying because I was just kind of like, oh, I'll play whatever, mountain one drop, second mountain two drop, and then wait ten minutes for them to finish their third turn or whatever so that I could eventually play like a three drop and say go, you know, attack and say go. It was just really like, oh my gosh, your turns take forever with all this yep. like, you know, cycle this, search for this, cycle this, draw some cards, untap all this stuff. You're just playing through your entire deck. But not necessarily winning the game i don't know if you're winning or not you know until the end of this unless it was just kind of annoying so i don't know if it was powerful i'm sure it was but i don't know about it being banned on power level i think i was like i hope they ban something from this deck because it's really not you're not playing you know when they're taking all the game actions and you're taking none it's really just not not fun see also nexus of fate
1: yeah. i I'll, I'll, I'll I will I will I have a thought about this and I will tell you after we're done recording. Okay. Um so, um moving on, I don't know anything about this Soul Tide Delirium deck except that it runs uh that one five four creature from um from like dragons or fate reforge, right?
0: Um, sorry, Sir, I, Oh, Sir- rock, are You talk. Okay, so is that the one you're talking? Hold on, salt. Let me bring up the Salt Delirium deck in front of me because I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, I mean, it plays Euro. What do you is that, <laughs> what Does card it not do you,
1: play that rock or whatever? No, I,
0: is in like the the green beatdown decks.
1: Oh, that's not. Delirium. No, I don't know not nothing either. about stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it plays Ishkanah, Graf Widow. If that's uh, exciting sure. for you, um, the hell no, is that? <laughs> but seriously, so the the Salty Delirium deck uh, won the entire event. Right. Uh, Joel Larson defeated Canister in the finals of Brussels, and it was with essentially his own brew of a Delirium deck. And I think there were some Golgari Delirium decks already floating around, and you know, doing decently in Pioneer. Um, when Euro was printed, Euro Titan of Nature's Wrath, not Nation's Wrath, but Nature's Wrath, um, when that card was printed, it gave this deck a tool to to kind of uh, have a, a game-ending threat that also advances the game plan, that also puts you know a creature in the graveyard for the, the delirium, so it fuels delirium, um, and it just seemed like a perfect fit for these Golgari decks, and so, of course, add the blue to the deck. But if you look through... Other than Euro, the blue cards in the deck, uh, and of course this is another one that works perfectly with the the strategy. Jace Vryn's Prodigy is great for discarding cards and putting fueling Delirium, and that's it. So you play blue for Jace and for Euro. Uh, Of course, this is is main deck, Um, and then you know out of the sideboard you get like Disdainful Stroke, and uh, you know Hostage Taker technically is blue. Joel is playing Salt Eye Charm, which is cool. Like I, I didn't even notice that until just now. Wow. Uh, just just one copy, but it's a card you don't see very often. Um, and then Mystical Dispute um, for you know additional blue cards. So just getting some more disruption. Uh, but looking at the main deck, you get Jace and you get Euro, and that's just perfect additions to the Delirium strategy. And just getting being able to to take advantage of that. And you get you get the Emracle the Promised End, um, and then Nyssa. Who shakes the world, and uh, Nyssa, who also ramps out Emrakul. So it's huh. kind of you don't even need to have the Delirium. Um, you know, you don't need to have a ton of card types in your graveyard. You can sometimes just get to a lot of mana with Nyssa and cast an Emrakul. So this deck is is awesome. I love um, I love that this is in the format, and I think. And one thing that makes me excited is because I'm I'm kind of excited for Kenny because the, K- Kenny loves this kind of deck and I know uh-huh. he's excited about it. Like this to me, this is really similar to what he was playing with early in the format. Now he wasn't going with Delirium, but he was playing like a Sultai mid rangey control deck with Jace and you know Abrupt Decay and Fatal Push and you know Thoughtseize and you get you get all that stuff. Uh, tireless Tracker, Scavenging Ooze, all this stuff was was basically in that build, um, and now you have kind of this with euro and uh and some of the delirium cards it makes the deck pushes it over the top enough to obviously take down a a pt so yeah (laughs) so yeah this is this is a player in the format now and i know all the all the big names are talking about inverter right now but like don't sleep on on salt eye delirium i think uh i think it's pretty cool um let's see how are we on time we are oh look at that pretty close to the end of the episode. I want to make yeah. sure that um, that we're not it's missing anything. It's
1: almost the end of the show. Sorry. Are are going to do a song about fake blood now.
0: Man, you are just the references is that is that a uh, you know, I, I don't know. Ollie. It's in what?
1: Syphilin <laughs> I
0: see. I don't watch enough TV. Sorry, <laughs> I don't get your references.
1: That is like at this point that's like almost a 20-year-old reference, so I don't blame you. I like, never I was...
0: watched never watched that show at all. Um so I, I don't know, but uh, this weekend we have we have Phoenix coming up, and so I'm kind of excited to see where we go from here. I do think Inverter is going to take the largest metagame share. I think to fight it, we're going to see mono black still, mono black aggro still being one of the biggest, uh, most popular tools to fight it, and mono red as well. Um, but now with Salt Eye Delirium taking down the entire event, I wouldn't be surprised to see a bunch of those decks in the field. Um, blue white seems to be a popular choice like relatively popular i think it was in the top three or top five in in brussels um i know i was just watching lsv stream or it was a i guess he streamed it or no it was just a video uh, on youtube um with blue white and you know he seemed to be having a blast with it and uh and so it seems like it's a a deck that has a metagame share but i just don't know where it fits like i don't know if it's really good against some of these top decks and so I just don't know if this is the time to be playing Blue White, at least the more traditional um, non thirst for meaning versions of Blue White. But definitely check out the thirst for meaning version. I, I think that's kind of where where blue white should be headed. Um, yeah. What what are you headed or what are you thinking of playing in the next couple of weeks?
1: Next couple of weeks I'm not really sure. Um I mean I'm I'm Cards are rolling in mm-hmm. um, from various places because I actually did like kind of really invest in Pioneer. You really um, have like
0: you're like posting like here, just ordered this stuff, just ordered this stuff like every day. It's like posting in our Discord. Look what I, I ordered. Like you I really made
1: so many orders. So, like Cool Stuff Inc. does this um, Ship It Later thing, and right now I have eight Ship It Later orders. I think. Five of which are for under 10 bucks. because I keep thinking of a card. I'm like, oh, I should probably get that card. <laughs> and then I'm like, crap, I should get that card. I think I've done like two or three in a day just because I keep forgetting right. that I wanted to add another card. But like I got some Chandra's. Um, I got some Univalts. I got a set of Thought Seizes. I just ordered some stuff. Like I was like, yeah. all right, you know what? I'm going to actually be playing this format um, let me, let me invest in it a little bit because these cards will make like multiple decks better, Yeah, you know? So I was like, all right, Thoughtseize, in my opinion, is like the safest card, um, <laughs> that you could ever invest in, uh, in magic. It, it, it was in standard at the same time as Packrat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it didn't get banned then. So I think that like <laughs> it's like the safest investment because it it helps keep combo decks in check. Uh, it does a little bit of damage to you, so it's not very good against aggro decks. Um, I think it's a card that Wizards wants in their Eternal formats, so I don't think you ever have to worry about Thoughtseize getting banned. So it's like, yes, yeah, okay, you spent like a hundred bucks on a play set of cards. That kind of sucks. But they will always be at least 100. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. like I, I don't they,
0: think Thoughtseize is really in danger of banning. I'm sure people have ever. brought it up as being too powerful, but I think it's powerful in a good way. Like, yes, it is extremely powerful. For one mana and two life, take any card out of your opponent's hand. But that's the kind of disruption you need to keep a check on the format, you know, to keep right. decks from getting out of hand. So I really right. think I agree with you. I mean – Thoughts seem super safe to me unless they really want to change the way, the way this format looks.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, when I talked to Ryan about it, Ryan was like, yeah, they like. The-. He was, Ryan was the one who was like, "Yeah, Wizards really wants this in the format." You know what I mean? I was like, "Oh, I didn't think about it that way." Great, you know what I mean? And yeah. It made me feel good about spending the money because it's a lot of money, mm-hmm. and it's not money I come across all that easily. So I have to like really think if I'm going to put a hundred dollars down towards a place of the cards, it better be worth it, right? Um, and that was definitely worth it. But anyway, point being, uh, I'm putting I'm putting a collection together. I'm not necessarily certain. Um, about what I want to actually settle on as far as a deck goes, you know, but I'm putting the pieces together for several, uh, versions, variations of red and black and red, black and, uh, and the feather deck I'm actually looking at building as well. Um, so there, there's a bunch of different ways I could go. Um, like I said, right now I really do like, um, like a Rakdos version of the chunky red deck because I think Rakdos gives you access to, like, hard removal for things that you can't, you know, you can't deal four damage to a freaking Kalidus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, most of the time. So, like, it's frustrating, and, and I always feel like, well, I don't want to just play this deck to get someone to five life before I hit a brick wall. The point is to get them to zero life, you know? Right. So, um, so I feel like the having access to black for some hard removal and then like, you know, you're not playing burn, you're playing more of like a, of like a mid rangey kind of deck. Um, So you do have like the, the reach to like really get there and get them to zero life even with those you know, like I'm saying, like, the point I'm trying to make is like in a red burn deck, you can't play black removal. It just doesn't work. People have tried it many times.
0: Well, yeah, work. you already have removal technically, but yeah, for the bigger, the bigger creatures, that's the problem. Like, how many right. cards do you have to throw at a six six? You know,
1: right. And and I do want to say real quick. So like, um, the annex card, um, from Theros mm-hmm. really has shifted a lot of the uh, Rakdos. Um, Ractos Embercleave decks in Standard mm-hmm. to Mono Red because it serves roughly the same purpose as um, what's it called? Uh, the dinosaur, the zombie dinosaur. Oh, oh
0: Rotting Regisaur.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, it, it serves roughly the same purpose as the Regisaur, with the upside of helping you be resilient against uh, sweepers, right? Which is awesome. Oh, my God. It's so nice having that ability. So as far as standard goes, I am playing in like a a fun – it's actually the World Championship uh, watch uh, tournament. Mm -hmm. So basically it's just a Swiss rounds, no cut, with like prizes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be watching the World Championships.
0: Oh, cool. Um,
1: Yeah. So I'm actually going to play on that on the 15th, which is a Saturday. Um, and it's standard. So I'm actually going to be bringing the mono red Embercleave deck to that. So oh, sweet. that I do know, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm actually certain I'm set on that. That's what I want to play. It's the deck I'm having a lot of fun with on arena in like the brief times I get to play. I'm just cruising through people with this deck. Um, so that's definitely the plan for standard. Um, as far as modern, it goes, like I said, again, still kind of up in the air
0: yeah i mean um, same here i've just i haven't really looked at modern myself um i did i bought a few I mean, copies modern. of modern
1: i'm sorry i meant you, pioneer, you meant, oh, oh, Mo- pioneer yeah, yeah. is modern to me now because i will never probably never play modern again um
0: <laughs> well on the topic of modern i yeah I, I the only thing that i've done for modern is i bought a few copies of ox of Agonus for dredge because i do like the dredge deck in modern still and i still have all the pieces other than you know the ox that is kind of showing up now so i haven't played with it yet though so i, I will see uh, this is to be uh, to be determined as far as <laughs> the, our uh exploration of modern going forward for right now it's just like all pioneer and i am playing i'm playing the blue white thirst deck a lot then i switch over to some version of the red deck um and uh and as you saw this morning I was playing mono black now I, I don't know like I, I rented it from the card hoarder loan program which you know shout out right. to our sponsor card hoarder um, and their loan program is just just awesome like I on the way to work I'm like I want to play mono black I'm just gonna sign up for the loan program reactivate it again and uh, and and rent a deck so that's what I did um, I I'm trying to use that as a way to know like Play this deck a bunch, see how it feels to me. Whether it's powerful, whether I like it, um, because it looks appealing to me. I want to be able to tap a land that draws cards with Castle Lockway, I want to play, you know, something like like Rankle. I really just I like that card, and I liked it in, when it was being uh, previewed, and so I thought, oh, this is the best Rankle deck out there. I want to, I want to play it. So, and I really feel like right now, a lot of ways similar to Modern is you need to be playing something like linear, and. And powerful, uh, and also be able to disrupt somebody. So pressure plus disruption, I think, is is the name of the game right now in Pioneer. And so um, that makes these these aggressive decks appealing to me. Now, like I mentioned, the the red decks, their disruption isn't hand disruption or counter spells. It's more like creature disruption, right? Like just clearing a creature out of the way, uh, and and winning quickly. Um, but the black deck has the, the disruption in terms of hand disruption, and I think, you know, that's appealing to me right now. I'm just really on that kind of um, in that kind of mindset right now. So, that's that's where I am. Uh, but, but I love this Thirst Control deck, too. So, yeah. We'll, we'll link all that in the show notes.
1: Plus, I think I'm going to build that SRAM uh, Aura's deck, right? Because yeah, because I think it's like literally like a twenty dollar deck. You know, it's like super
0: cheap. to Well, build. yeah, definitely worth it if uh, if it's that cheap. Just just grab it to to play with and have fun with, even if it doesn't end up being like a big uh, metagame player. But um, we, well,
1: SRAM has gone up in price. I'm
0: sure. I mean, it has to do something uh, after it win or after it does does so well at an event, made to the finals. Yeah, um, I'm kind of looking. It, it doesn't show up in on the main page of uh, MTG Goldfish yet, but I guess it's partly because like nobody's playing it, and then <laughs> these decks are listed in order of like their metagame share, so uh, not necessarily right. the most recent wins. Um, but yeah, we we didn't talk about that. I haven't really looked too much at it, but it's essentially a deck built around SRAM. Um, What's what's senior edificer, I think is what it's called. Or senior art, yeah, art, yeah. artificer, not edificer, edificer.
1: edifice. No edificer's right.
0: Wow. I just thought that wasn't a word. Maybe it's not. But <laughs> it's on the card, so <laughs> whatever. Um so yeah, maybe uh, maybe we'll see more of that deck this weekend in Phoenix. But um so I think we're gonna wrap up. I do wanna do a quick it's technically not a um uh whatever our our (laughs) interplaner beacon segment is called uh yeah (laughs) it's not an interplaner beacon thing exactly but uh because i've mentioned them multiple times Les alex host of the control freak podcast had philip skornicki slash scura slash islands in front on his podcast this past weekend uh and talking about blue white and pioneer in general and this thirst deck so um i'm like most of the way through the episode it's a really good interview and I wanted to, to shout them out and also recommend it so um, link to that in our show notes as well so, so check out that, uh, that episode with Alex and and Skura uh, if you're looking for something to listen to uh, anything else you wanted to add Joe
1: we'll see you in two weeks
0: <laughs> we sure will um, <laughs> or we, you will hear us in two weeks that's, that's more accurate here
1: but we will see you
0: in two weeks. In two yeah. weeks. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, in two weeks, we are Yo! MTG Taps.
1: Make them have lost legacy. We are free.